Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hello, everybody. This is Judy Sedgman, and I'm here in Florida for the last time just speaking with you before I moved to Pennsylvania. And I'm here with my dear friend, colleague, and uh, partner in these podcasts, Christine Heath. And she's in Hawaii. And she's not moving yet. <laughs> Anywhere. <laughs> Probably never. <laughs> anyway, today we're going to talk about how, uh, how not to hang on to hurt feelings um, after a relationship ends and how not to focus on the negative and have it spoil future relationships and now how not to get caught in the memories of what went wrong in an early relationship and bring them forward into something rather than starting fresh in something new. So uh, this is a really common problem. And, uh, and I think that, that uh, the biggest lesson for me um, who happened to end a relationship, uh, a marriage relationship just after I started getting very involved in the principles um, I realized how different my experience was than most of my friends' experience that had gone through something similar, which was that I never really, uh, I never really was upset uh, with my husband. I mean, we had a kind of mutual understanding that this wasn't working out, and that um, you know both of us kind of needed to move on. And it was very difficult for our friends to understand because they couldn't engage either one of us in negative talk about the other. So like his friends would take him out for drinks or something and they'd say, well, she must have been a real bitch. We didn't, we didn't notice it, you know. And then my friends would say, well, what did he do? What did he do? Was he, was, you know, was, he, was he mean to you at home? Did he beat you? Did he cheat on you? And I'm going like, no, <laughs> none of that. He's the same guy he always was. You know, he's a nice person. He was been a great father. Um, you know, it's a wonderful provider and he's a good person. And sometimes life doesn't work out the way you thought it would. And if it doesn't work out, it's possible to end something. Uh, and they said, well, if you're not mad, why are you getting divorced? You know, it's like they couldn't really piece together that you could, you could see that something wasn't working out, that a relationship was going you know, you were going in opposite directions and gently and nicely separate and remain friends and remain parents and, you know, not get all worked up over things. And I remember saying to one friend one time, you know, you never get married because you don't love the person. And whatever it was that brought you together is never, never goes anywhere. It's still part of your life. But life, you know, people change over time. And uh, it's really nobody's business. I don't have any need to discuss it. And my husband was the same way. He wouldn't talk about it. And, you know, he just went about his life. And, and when I think back on that time, I still have friends to this day. And that was 30 some years ago. I still have friends to this day who say, come on, come on. What was it? <laughs> they just can't accept the fact that you can walk away from a relationship and um, 
and just still maintain a pleasant and kind feeling towards the other person and not neither one has to blame the other. So that's one thing. But the other part of it, it for me is with re- a lot of things and you, you get out of a business or you, uh, you know, you move away and don't see a friend for a long time. A lot relationships change all the time and you can't take any, any one experience with one relationship and apply it to all other relationships. So like I have clients and have had clients over time that'll say, well, you know, I was in a really bad marriage and I'm out of it now, but, uh, you know, I don't trust men or I don't trust women anymore because, you know, it, I, it really went sour and it wasn't my fault. And, you know, I, and I don't know, I really thought she was a nice person or he was a nice person and it didn't turn out that way. And, you know, so now I just, I prefer not to even be friends with people. So I think it's, it's an important thing to realize that every relationship is a unique coming together of two people and every relationship has its own sort of dynamic and that staying in a, in a good mood and keeping calm and keeping your bearings when you go through things with people, one side of it is it may solve the problem, whatever the problem seemed to be. And the other side of it is the problem doesn't seem like a problem anymore. It just seems like a situation that you're going to resolve. And, you know, the thing is, we're not, we're not saying that um, people don't do bad things, bad things. And maybe even you have bad reasons to end or end a relationship, but we do the best we can see in the moment to, to try to find that, to live in a really beautiful feeling. And that's kind of um, what we're trying to point at here. Not that, um, because you have differences with somebody that that's the reason that you get divorced. Judy's not saying that she's just saying that is that the feeling wasn't right anymore for her to stay in that relationship for various reasons. And those reasons don't matter. So in what happens when we get into a healthier state of mind is we can hear our wisdom and we can act accordingly. And then things work out for everybody. Right. And I think that, you know, your story, Judy, is a great example of that. Both of you went through the divorce relatively unscathed by it. And other people go through it and they're like so focused on um, how awful the other person is that their damage, their kids get caught in the middle of all that, that kind of lack of goodwill towards each other. And it just kind of spreads. So then the kids have trouble with relationships and it just keeps going. Because that insecurity gets like that, it's like the virus, right? It gets really catchy. And then start to um, see how it applies to other situations, right? It's like, like one of the things I used to do with women when I exclusively worked with women who were being abused was that, you know, it was a matter of getting really, helping them to get mad enough to leave the relationship. Now, frequently that didn't happen, but getting mad enough to leave the relationship was kind of asking them to go into uh, uh, mental un, un, unhealth, you know, getting upset in order to make a good decision. Like, does that make sense? No, but that's kind of what we, we were trained in psychology, that you got to fix the problem. So you have to, like, help women to get stronger so that they can leave an abusive relationship. And we would say that part of that's true, that we want to people to really understand that their strength comes from within them, from their own wisdom. 
And that the more we quiet down and see that we have our own answers, the more we can see what to do. Now, does that help you when somebody else makes a decision that's really hurtful and crazy? You know, they, your partner, you know, has an affair or um, decides that they just want to be married to you for whatever reason. And now you're the person who's being left and you personalize that. And so it becomes like a matter of your own lovability. And it looks to you like it's them making you feel that way. So in traditional work, when couples come into to counseling, we or people come in because they have a broken heart from being left or having the other person do something that was that hurt their feelings, then what do we focus on? We focus on talking about that. How awful it was and how awful the other person was and blah, 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 unless the other person is your client. And then you're like, well, that person was really a bitch. You had no reason to stay in that relationship. There was no love there. You find some way of kind of understanding or rationalizing that this is good without really having all of the answers. So what we do that's different about that is really helping people to see that you will come up with your own answer on how to make peace with whatever's happening in your life if you stay out of the blame, the blame game. It's not about anything other than you that determines how you feel and what you do to go forward. And that's, that's where your strength is. It's not being, like I used to teach women how to get angry, right? And we had things called bataka sticks where you, you take the stick and you hit a pillow. I'm angry. I'm so angry. Like if you could just get this anger out that then you'd feel better and then you'd be able to move on. But not so. It actually, the more you, the, there's studies that came out that said the more you do that kind of anger work, the more depressed you get. So that doesn't make sense to focus on how awful you feel and how bad it is, but to recognize that, you know, like life sucks sometimes. You know, things happen, people do things because everybody's at their own level of consciousness, their own level of understanding it about what would make them feel better. When people do things that hurt your feelings, they're just telling you this is the best they can see to do to feel better. And it's not about you. It's about them. And is it a good idea? You know, if they cheat, lie, or steal, of course you're going to get angry about that. But staying in that feeling is going to cause you to suffer and be depressed. And the more you make it be about you, then it gets on your eyeballs, and when the next person comes along, they get distorted by that past experience, by your thoughts about it. And I think that's the, the most uh, damaging consequence of a lot of the traditional ways of looking at, at breakups. I mean, I've had a lot of women over the course of time that have come to me that have been previously in other counseling, and they, and they just got tired of going over and over and over and what a jerk the guy was or how terrible he was or what an awful divorce it was and and they and you know they'll say well I just don't know how to go on you know I can't stop thinking about this I can't forget about it and I can't date anybody I don't know what to do and and the fact is it, the more you dwell on the past about anything and relationships are just a glaring example the more we dwell on the past and things that went wrong in the past the less we're living in the present moment and seeing what's happening now and seeing opportunity and feeling fresh feelings and getting a fresh start. 
And part of understanding thought to me, a deeper part of understanding thought, is that every, every moment is a fresh start. I mean, if you, if you can quiet down and leave the past alone and leave your thinking alone for a minute, you get a new thought. It's inevitable. And your new thought, if you're looking in the direction of your wisdom, your new thought is probably going to be more constructive and helpful than the ones you've been going over and over in your mind because wisdom will start to come to the surface. And, and to leave anything behind without a bad feeling, that's the only thing you can do is to say that was then. We were both doing the best we could. Whatever was going on was going on. And, you know, now today is a new day. And I've got a chance to have a whole fresh idea and a fresh thought about life. And, and then you follow your wisdom to where it's going to take you. But you can't follow your wisdom if, you're, if your mind, if your little personal mind is at the driver's wheel and won't let go of the wheel. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's funny because we, we tend to think that people do what they do because of us. Right. Like there's some motive in their um, behavior. They're trying to be mean to us. They're trying to do something about this. What um, one of my um, old boyfriends, I, he, he may actually be listening to this. So uh, um, he, he may start to chuckle a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> we were, I really liked him. I really liked him. And he was um, a Vietnam vet. And of course, because as a therapist, I was so focused on the past and talking about your past and bringing it up, um, I would t- I sent him to the VA, and of course, they made him watch all these movies about Vietnam, oh, and he got more depressed, and he would like disappear for the weekends. And I thought that he was out looking for other women, and it turns out he told me that he gets so depressed he couldn't get out of bed for the weekend. Now, as it turned out. He had this whole other drama going on that I won't share, but he knows what it is. He had this whole other drama going on that he didn't even tell me about. I had no clue, but all I had was my own thinking about it. And I got my feelings were so it's like another guy. I really liked him. And I thought, you know, I was getting older by that time. I was about 29 or 30. I really was hot to trot to get married. And, and it wasn't, it just didn't work out. And then long story short, you know, he, um, I, I was leaving for Hawaii and he showed up at my house right before I left. And he said, really, I, I really, I really loved you. And I really want this to work. I said, too late now, brother, I'm on my way to Hawaii and you're engaged to somebody else. And, you know, it's, it, it's too late for us, but you know, it just wasn't meant to be, you know, that's, you know, it's like, I, I, I loved him dearly and I would have, ho- I wanted it to be, but it just didn't work out. Now, I learned the principles kind of in the middle of that. So I call him up right before I left. And I said, I really want to have lunch with you. And I apologized. I said, you know, I because I thought it was my fault that he got so depressed. I didn't know about the other drama that was going on. So then 30 years later, I find out, oh, there was really this whole other drama going on. It wasn't about me at all. <laughs> you know, so it, it's just kind of interesting that if you remember that life is impersonal, that everybody does what they do because that's the best they can see to do at the time. That's their best shot at being a good person, their best shot at doing what they think they need to do to be happy on their part. And it's hard to believe that, you know, because people think like he should know better than that. 
especially like if you've been abused as a child growing up and you just carry this hatred for your parent through your life. And to kind of get people to step back and see the innocence in people that no matter how mean, bad and ugly they are, that's actually the best they can see to do. So what does that tell you about the state of mind they're living in when that looks like up to them? And to me, that takes all that it's about me, it's about my lovability, they're being mean to me, I have a right to be angry about it because they did these things and they should have known better. They should have loved me. My parents should have loved me and operated from that point and they didn't. So therefore, I'm going to hang on to this anger for them for the rest of my life. Well, you can if you want to, but it will make you more depressed. And that's the choice you have. You can't do anything about what happened. And then that memory starts bleeding over into present moment situations that have nothing to do with it. It's funny. I, I, I had a client not long ago who's, you know, nearing 80 and she did not have emotionally uh, giving parents. I mean, she had, a, she was taken care of and everything, but her mother never hugged her. Or, you know, they didn't, they weren't overtly loving people. And, um, and she's telling me now her, you know, she's thinking back on her marriage of 60 some years <laughs> and, you know, that her husband is a lot like her parents and that now she feels like she's missed out on something in life, you know, because nobody ever really loved her. And I said, well, you know, you're making the assumption that the only way people show love is if they hug you and make a big deal about things like that. And I said, you know, I'm sure you had something going with your husband. You have three children, but aside from that, <laughs> aside from that you know, you, you can't go back over your life and relive it at this point in your life when you still have the opportunity to enjoy the remaining years of your life. You got to make a choice between going back over the past and thinking, oh, why didn't I see that? And I shouldn't have married, I should have married somebody else. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it, it's so distraught, distressing to this person. And yet it's, it's a totally made up distress because until she started having these thoughts, and I don't know what brought them about, but she just started having them and several years ago and she just hasn't been able to let go of them. Until she started having these thoughts, she was perfectly happy. You know, she grew up and she became her own person and then she met somebody and got married and they seemed to have a nice life and they had three children and the children are lovely. And, and um, <laughs> you know, but it's very easy to fall into the trap of getting caught up in, in going over the past, going over hurt feelings, going over things that upset you back when, and, and then extrapolating that it must be having an effect on you now. And indeed it is, if you're thinking about it. You know, it's funny because, you know, we're old now, right? So we look back at our life and we can see the perfection of things, right? Like th there were three, maybe four guys I really wanted to marry. Really, I really wanted to marry him. And it didn't work out. And I was devastated by it. I was, at, you know, I was like, oh, my God, you know, no one's ever going to love me. This is the proof of it. And you know what? They're all dead now, except for one, except for one that the guy I was talking about earlier. But they're, they're all dead now. And I'd be a widower, widow. And that's that's the deal. It's like they weren't I wouldn't be here in Hawaii. I wouldn't be talking to you about this because I would never have met the people I met. I would never have learned the principles. 
it would never have happened. And you just have to trust that your little pea brain cannot make up what's right for you. But it'll happen the more you go towards living in that beautiful feeling, like the right person's going to come along to be the person to, to be your partner in life or not, which just means you're totally fine by yourself. You know, and that's, it's like, we can always think about our life and how it should be different. Like, you know, I, I frequently get, um, like graduate students that have been in therapy themselves and kind of gone through understanding why they are the way they are. And they're, you know, angry because their parents weren't there because their parents were insecure or they're angry because they're, they, they got dumped by a spouse that there's some reason that they feel self-righteous in being angry. And the deal is you got to ask yourself this, do I want to be happy or do I want to be angry? Those are the choices you have. And that's in you. And it's not about what's happened to you. That's the big illusion. You know, it's also true. Like I was talking to Chris just recently and telling her about some, I'm moving and so I'm sorting out a lot of old things and I've come across a lot of, things that people have made for me or done in the past. And I was telling Chris about some of them and Chris made a comment that really hit my heart. You know, as we're talking and she said, you know, people have always been really nice to you and you have so many friends that really appreciate you. And, and I, I mean, I do, and I'm very grateful for it, but I, I got filled up with gratitude thinking even back when years ago, before I even got involved in the principles, I had a lot of friends that were very, very nice to me. I, maybe I wasn't that nice a person, you know, before I understood the principles, but I was lucky in that regard. And I, I started thinking, you know what, while we're still alive, some of them aren't, but some of them are, I, I started to write emails to some of my friends that I know where they are, I know how to reach them, to thank them for things that they did years ago. I'm sure they're going to be shocked. <laughs> And I probably thanked them at the time, but I just got, I got so filled with appreciation when Chris made that comment because I realized, you know, gosh, I would have probably not said that as a, as a factor in my life at that time, you know, even though I was appreciative and the person who did something, I'm sure I always wrote thank you notes or call them and thank them or whatever, but I, I didn't really realize how, how touching it was until Chris said that. And I think that's another thing is that you can't trust your thinking. <laughs> you know, when you get when you get so oh, you know, kind of in a in a like I don't know, I'm so what, you know, the person doesn't really like me anyway, and they're just sucking up or whatever. People have all these reasons. That's low mood thinking. Is all it is. It's not real. You know, like like Chris's comment was kind of high mood thinking, but it's much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? You know, why not? Why not uh, be grateful and be and be satisfied and be looking to see where wisdom is going to guide you next? It's a lot more fun, isn't it? Doing life like that. It's a lot more fun. I mean, you can look at your life and look at all the pitfalls and the possible things that could go wrong and the people that could do you in. And believe me, I lived there a long time. I lived there a long time. That suspiciousness and looking for people to hurt your feelings or to validate what you think about men or about women or about whoever. But that's just a way to keep yourself insecure. Remember, you want to be getting rid of insecurity, not talking about it and making it more self-righteous. Like, yeah, we all have a, whatever we've gone through, you got a right to feel however you want to feel about it. But do you want to ask yourself, do I really want to? Yeah. 
And, yeah. and how long do you want to nurture a bad feeling? I mean, it's normal if you get if you get bad news or you get hurt in the moment. Yeah, fine, that's going to happen. But you know, you can at that point you're at choice. As soon as the thing is over, you're at choice what you make of it, what you think about it, what you say about it, how much you think about it, whether it has anything to do with the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So the thing I think what that makes it what we do a little differently is that if people talk about what they've been traumatized by, what's hurt them, what we're listening for is how they got through it. What, a, what traditional psychology does is looks at the reasons why you're so traumatized by it. And that actually makes that thinking more real for you. And, you know, like it happened. You, you got to move on. It's not happening now. And being able to see that that's thought that you're carrying through time, that may or may not have been accurate, mind you, but that's thought that's carrying through time that's causing your uh, inability to connect with people. Let go of it. Find yourself again. Be free. That's beautiful. Be free. Well, that's it for your last episode in Florida. I'm looking forward to your new digs and uh, where you're going to be and It'll be great. So have a great move and we'll talk to you later. Okay. See you all again. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com.